The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. It is 308 on the Central Coast. Happy Thursday. Good to be with you. I'm Dave Congleton. It is Thursday, January 11th, 2018. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for supporting live local hometown radio. We're here all the way until 7 o'clock on this broadcast today. A little bit of everything. During the 4 o'clock hour, we'll talk for a few minutes about the news today from the California Public Utilities Commission regarding the future of Diablo Canyon. Also, I want to talk about our dysfunctional County Board of Supervisors and try to figure out a way we can move forward, particularly given the news about Diablo Canyon. Sam Cotton is here at 505. He wants to talk about songs that make you smile. When you hear what song... You start smiling. We're just curious. And then at 6.05, Cozy Faber from the St. Louis Episcopal Classical Academy is introducing us to master storyteller Jim Weiss, who's traveled all over telling stories. There's all a few here. It is a Dave Congleton show, always your hometown radio talk show. Now, last Monday, we had the vegans on this broadcast, Peggy Cotine and Jenny B. Jones, and that's fine, but here we go. We've got barbecue. Craig Hill is an aficionado barbecue. Are you not, sir? Yes, I am. <laughs> Lance Parker is here. Lance, good to see you. Good to see you too, Dave. You're a big fan of barbecue and Very barbecue sauce. So. Yep. And our special guest making his first appearance on this broadcast, we have Matt Pierce, owner and founder of Old San Louis Barbecue Company. Hi, Dave. Nice to be here. Matt, how are you? There we go. Let's try that mic. There we go. All right. It's good to be here, Dave. <laughs> nice to see you. Man, what a spread. Thank you. No, thank you. We got everything here. What'd you bring? Let's start with that. Well, today we bought, uh, brought the uh, the big hitters. Uh, we brought out our tri-tip, of course. That's a certified Angus beef. Um, we hand trim it uh, and uh, season it with our old family recipe, cook it over a red oak fire, traditional Santa Maria-style barbecue. Um, we brought out some chicken breast. Uh, we got some corn pie. Uh, we've got some pinquito beans locally farmed in Santa Maria. Corn pie? Corn pie. Corn oh. pie. Well, we can talk about that a little bit. Let, no, me, get get the, let me get through the list, Dave. Okay. Here we go. Right. Uh, we brought out our strawberry field salad, which is just a good a good strawberry field salad. It's got that some sweet great. mixed greens. We've got fresh cut strawberries on there, some uh, homemade candied pecans and dried cherries and, and good stuff on there. Pairs are really good with the Santa Maria style barbecue. Um, and then we brought out a little treat for everybody. We brought out some candied bacon tri-tip sliders for y'all to try. Those are incredible. Thank you. Those are incredible. Lance, you've been there. Oh, yeah. Yes, very much. Very much. It's, it's, you know, it's interesting because I do travel a lot, traveled and tried a lot of barbecue. Uh, if outside, I will say this, outside of California, um, they would say we don't barbecue out here. We, we grill out here. And, but that's how I was taught. You open flame, put the meat on there. Um, but I will say this, um, Matt's place is probably one of the best uh, in the county for really good Santa Maria-style barbecue. Meat is always good quality. Bread's great. Sides are always good. You can't find the paquito beans uh, everywhere. It's great that he does them in-house. Um, 
it's just a really good Santa Maria style barbecue, which we here on the Central Coast really gravitate towards. So I, I can't say enough about Matt's place. Well, thank you, Lance. <laughs> and now, Craig, you haven't been there yet, but you and I are going to have to go down and check it out. You're yeah. a big barbecue guy. I, I'm a huge barbecue guy. What do you think? So I'm far? such a huge barbecue. I built my own barbecue. I couldn't find it. a barbecue that suited my needs, so I built what, mine. What, what you've had here so far? Uh, so far, I've had the tri-tip, which I got to find out how. How do you make it so tender? Uh, the cow makes it tender. We buy certified Angus beef, so we're only buying the black Angus cattle. Uh, it's just a higher quality, and we don't have to do much to it. All we have to do is not mess it up, really. See, to get mine this tender, I have to age mine for like two weeks right? And just to get that kind of tenderness. And I'm like, there's no way a business who runs, you know, who's making a lot of it can can have that kind of uh, lag time. So I'm like, how can how is it possible for you to do this? Yeah, yeah. Some businesses try, but we just we found by purchasing a higher quality that we don't have to worry about it. Where are you located, Matt? You know, we're down on Hagara Street at 670 Hagara Street. Um, just as you're heading south out of downtown, if you uh, turn to the right and look, uh, we're just right there on the on the side of the street. Uh, by where Rudolph's was? We are exactly where Rudolph's used to be. Uh, coffee Dave, shop. Dave, you're showing your age. It yeah. was West End coffee, coffee for the last <laughs> right. 10 years. And across the street from where Leon's used to be. Exactly. And, and uh, yes. the furniture. What was that big furniture uh, Davidson's. store? Davidson's, Davidson's furniture, yeah. yeah. Davidson's Le- Leon's, you're, you're really dating yourself <laughs> I've been Leon's. here 31 years. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know. I love it. Now, you've got a pretty compelling personal story. Well, thank you. Yeah. So I guess, um, yeah, we can talk a little bit more about you know how I came uh, yeah. to, to own a barbecue restaurant. Uh, I came to San Luis Obispo in 2001. I uh, came to attend Cal Poly. Um, I was uh, interested in math science, and I wanted to get a degree in engineering. Um, ended up with a degree in civil structural engineering from Cal Poly, graduated in 2007. And went to work for Diablo Canyon, uh, which you're going to be talking about here in the next hour. But I went working for a a contractor, actually, that worked for PG&E. And we uh, were on-site, full-time contractor. I was out there for four and a half years before I decided to uh, just take a leave uh, from that position and open a a barbecue restaurant. He knew they were going to be closing in 2025. (laughs) (laughs) No, we were (laughs) I better think of Plan B. No, 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 not at all, actually. We were pursuing license um, extensions during the whole time that I was there, and I had no reason to think that they were going to stop pursuing that that as an option. So I, I branched out because I really... I enjoy working, uh, or working, but talking with people. I enjoy the, the personal aspect of being out in the community, uh, being able to, to sit down with my customers and talk about Santa Maria style barbecue. So were you working at the Alba Canyon thinking, I'm in the wrong job? I'm in the wrong career? I, I, let's back up just a sec. So I went to Cal Poly to study civil engineering. I loved it. Absolutely right. loved civil engineering. I love studying it. I love building things. I love breaking things. Um, we loved, I loved analyzing that, you know, spreadsheets. All over the place. But what we, uh, what I didn't realize when I was studying civil engineering is that once you get out into the real world, they really frown on you if you break something, right? It's not, nothing's supposed to break, and it's just not that much fun, especially <laughs> yeah. at a nuclear power plant. Man, yeah. bad news. No bears. sense of humor out there. No, no, not at all. So, but, um, but it was fine, you know. And I, I enjoyed the the critical thinking, problem solving aspects of being an engineer. Uh, but I really, I, I needed a creative outlet where I could go and talk to people so more. Why barbecue? Um, it, it came down to the my realization that I didn't have a, a good understanding of what Santa Maria style barbecue was. I had lived here from 01 to 07, 08 about, and I'd really, I'd been to some of the bigger steakhouses and stuff, but I felt like Santa Maria style barbecue wasn't very accessible uh, to people to walk up and grab a quick bite. Uh, I was just walking down the street, grab a sandwich and take it with them. Um, so what I was really compelled to do was to uh, create a, an environment where 
uh, someone from out of town, someone passing through, um, even locals that didn't want to go to the effort to start up their grill in the backyard, that they could come and grab a quick bite to eat, affordable, high quality, and, and really get that Santa Maria style kick that they were looking for. Lance, what does Santa Maria style mean to you? You know, it's interesting because I've been here since uh, 84, and when Tri-Tip was pretty much just a local, local thing at that, because I can remember going home back up to the Bay Area and trying to tell my mom about this thing called a Tri-Tip, and it's like, what is that? And I go, I don't know, but it's great. <laughs> but it's it's to me, it's the meat, the bread, the salad, the beans and you know it's some it's something that you get uh sunday afternoon from the church parking lot because they're grilling up you know uh a dozen or so tri-tips but it's it's the meat uh the beans the bread um and in just in it's a it's a different type of meat that i i don't know if i if i can equate it to any other cuts of meat all right let's get our first unsolicited testimonial we have emma sunshine pants here Hello. hi emma what'd you <laughs> have going? we're good How, what'd you have i had the tri-tip slider which was amazing with that candied bacon oh wow omg the sauce on there <laughs> is so good like, Thank you. Thank you. I don't know if I can ask if it's a coveted recipe, but it's what is not in really. That? So, and it's funny you mentioned the sauce on there. There's actually no sauce on there. Are you um, serious? It's what we so do good. is we take bacon, uh, we render it out till it's nice and crispy, and then we uh, caramelize it with some um, chipotle mustard that we make in house and some brown sugar. So that's what makes the sauce is the mustard and the brown sugar coming together. Um, it's kind of like a glaze, and it's just it has every element of barbecue. It has the smoke, it has the sweetness, but it's not an actual barbecue sauce. Wow! See, it just melted in my mouth. It was so good. Perfect. Thank you. For real. Did you have anything else? Um, yeah, I still need to try the cornbread pie. The beans were really, really good, and I have to say, the salad was really, really good. It's kind of silly for me to talk about salad from a barbecue place, but seriously, the sauce too on that was, or dressing, I should say, was really, really good. What's wrong with salad at a barbecue place? Nothing, but it was just so delicious. I had to mention it. Well, thank you. Yeah, you got to have a balanced <laughs> meal, and it's uh, I we brought that salad today. It's our strawberry field salad, and it does pair well with the Santa Maria style barbecue because it has such bold flavors. Yeah, you have yeah. a really tangy sweet dressing we've got the sweet crunch of the the candy pecans that we make the tart and chewiness of the dried cherries in there fresh cut strawberries some gorgonzola cheese up on top give it a little salty kick yeah yes really a lot going on but it it stands up well to the barbecue all right we're doing salute to barbecue giving equal time to meat lovers we had the vegans in monday we got the meat guys here matt pierce is here he's the owner of old san luis barbecue company wow 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 lance parker also sits in we've got a room full of food here we're just indulging we'll continue the conversation i'm dave congleton this is am 920 fm 96.5 news talk kvec this tri-tip slider is so good peggy coteen couldn't say no to it (laughs) <laughs> That's how good this is. Well, Put that you, on Dave. your website. Yeah. Craig, I'm impressed. Yeah, I got to say that slider, I had the same question Emma did, because as soon as I took a bite, I I, I asked myself, what is this? And I, I had to open it up to try to figure out. I still couldn't That's, figure that's out what the it magic. Was. That's what it is, Craig. Yeah, it was amazing. No, thank you. Uh, Matt Pierce is here from Old St. Louis Barbecue Company, and Craig is here, and uh, barbecue aficionado Lance Parker is here. He's traveled the country. Yes. Now, during the break, you were asking about rub. Yeah, and, and you know, because rub is very regional in types of, of meat, but um, like Matt and I were talking about, it also depends on how you cook the meat as well, because I was explaining to him there's a, a place down in Taylor, Texas, 
that uh, uses a nine to one pepper to salt ratio, and we were talking, you know, the Santa Maria style barbecue over the the heat that'd be way too much pepper because uh, it would start turning bitter, burn a little bit. But down there, they're they're cooking their their beef ribs, their um, brisket, you know, fourteen hours, so it's a lot slower and slower, and the fat can start getting into helping uh, smooth some of the pepper out. You go up into the Dallas area, and it's a totally different rub. You go to um, uh, the Carolinas or through Tennessee, it's a different rub depending on the the meat. So it's interesting because Matt uses pretty much the same type of rub uh, that I use here uh, for my beef as well. Let me go go for another unsolicited testimonial here. (laughs) Kyle's here. Kyle, good afternoon. What have you been enjoying? I've been enjoying everything. All right. I, this fat boy is very happy right now. Okay. What have you been having? <laughs> I have had the tri-tip, which was deliciously tender. The chicken, which was incredibly juicy. This insanely good corn pie. These beans, which I can eat till tomorrow uh, or forever. The garlic bread, which is phenomenal. The sliders, which was the softest bread I have ever had. How much Thank have you, you been Thank eating? You. <laughs> I haven't enough, eaten much enough. today. <laughs> Yeah, this so, bread like is I said, actually this fat boy crazy. Is very happy it's right so now, good, Dave. so how, soft. I, I, um, and yes, I had the salad. How, how does this compare to other barbecue you've had? Hands down, the best I've had on the Central Coast. Thank you, thank you very much. Absolutely, hands down. Um, I don't want to take all the credit though, and Dave, if you don't mind, we can take a minute and talk about some of my vendors that I work with sure. and the products that we use. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, thank you, Kyle. Yeah, yes, thank of you, course. Kyle. Yeah. Thank you, Kurt. Go ahead. All right, so um, I mentioned a little bit earlier, but we actually uh, we work with Alamo Farms down in Santa Maria to go down and buy our pinquito beans. So it's a local crop that we go down and purchase from directly from the farm. Um, it's a dried bean, so we cook them from scratch every day. Uh, we, our beans are a ranch-style bean. They've got bacon and ham in there. It's a tomato-based sauce with some garlic and spices in there. Uh, and then... Uh, We'll move on to that corn pie. That's something that's uh, very unique to the Central Coast. It's actually one of my good friends. It's his grandmother's recipe for corn pie. Um, His grandma had been down in uh, Napomo, Casmelia, um, Santa Maria style for about 120 years, 130 years. And when he found out I was opening a Santa Maria style restaurant, he said, there's no way that you can open a Santa Maria style restaurant without having corn pie on the menu. And I looked at him square in the eye and said, what's corn pie? Yeah, what's corn pie? <laughs> I've never heard of such a thing. Um, so he got me his grandma's recipe, and uh, lo and behold, it is it's an amazing side dish. It's, it's gooey, it's uh, sweet, it's savory. Uh, it's got some jalapenos in there for a kick. Um, it is it's so unique that mm. we get people that uh, just can't get enough of it. Let's really bring in really, another really unsolicited special. testimony. Here's our good friend, Kurt Olson. Kurt, Hello, Dave. And uh, man, I just had the corn pie and the beans. Very, very good. And the tri-tip. Very good. You've got a lot of Santa Maria roots. Let me ask you, why San Luis Obispo instead of Santa Maria or Napomo for opening your restaurant? Sure. Um, I live here. Did you? Now you want to compete with population? Who wants to compete with Jockos? So, well, uh, one of the one of my good friends' grandfathers uh, started Jockos. Uh, funny story, um, but he uh, in San Luis Obispo. I really, Dave and I were talking about this earlier. I felt like there was an underrepresentation of the Santa Maria style barbecue. And since I happen to live in San Luis Obispo, and I wanted right. to plant some roots in San Luis, and I wanted to open a restaurant in San Luis that really uh, created uh, an availability for that part of the culture of the Central Coast that we could go and grab a quick bite to eat, authentic Santa Maria style. Now, when you were going to Cal Poly and before you graduated and worked at Diablo, did you ever go downtown and think, man, it would be cool to have a shop right here? And You know, you know, when I was at Cal Poly, um, I, I, 
even before I was at Cal Poly, I've always loved the food industry. Um, I actually cut my teeth down uh, in and out in Simi Valley, where I'm from, Ooh. and worked there for a year. And, and what'd you learn from in and out? Keep it simple. Okay. Keep it simple. Yeah, yeah you can overcomplicate something so quick, and, and it's a huge detriment to any business. So um, to keep it simple, have a high-quality product, keep people coming back with a consistent product. Right? So that's the, from the day we opened. That's what we've been striving to do. What's going to keep me coming back? Of course, the, the tri-tip, very, very good. And the corn pie and the beans. The garlic bread is out of this world. What's different about it? It's, it's, Ryan's, it's To right? me, it's cooked just right, not too much. And the garlic, the spread that you put on there is Thank something you, yeah. different, something special. Well, it, it is something special. It's actually funny. I was, uh, before we even got going, I was talking to Dave. and uh, In addition to the Santa Maria roots that we have, it's, it's also my restaurant. So I put some of my own family tweaks on some of the recipes that I've gotten from friends uh, locally. And my family always grew up throwing a little bit of Parmesan cheese on top of garlic bread. Oh, so yeah. that's really the ticket. It's Parmesan cheese, a little bit of salt, and a little bit of garlic in there. You should have called it Matt's. And Matt's garlic bread, yeah, no, right? You should have called the place Matt's. <laughs> oh, well... You know, I, that's, another, that's another story, Dave. I wanted yeah. a name that was really representative, representative of what we do, right? And mm-hmm. not that the restaurant itself is old, but what we're trying to represent is an old style of barbecue that's uh, tying to that culture of the Central Coast. What's the website, Matt? It's old slow, OldSanLouisBBQ.com. 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 All right. Uh, help yourself to some more food there, Kurt. We're going to go to news and find out what's happening. Craig has traffic and weather together. Lance Parker, Matt Pierce, Craig Hill. I'm Dave Congleton. We are enjoying this food. It's a marvelous night for a moon dance with the stars above in your eyes. You have landed on the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. You picked a really good time to tune in because we're visiting with Matt Pierce. He is the founder and owner of Old San Luis Barbecue Company, great restaurant in downtown San Luis Obispo. He's been kind enough to bring all sorts of food. Craig and I and our good friend Lance Parker all enjoying the food. We've had employees drift in and out throughout the hour. Thumbs up on this. So, as we come back to you, Matt, so you decide to do this. How did you pick location? How did you start at the business? Talk a bit about the process. Sure, sure, absolutely. Um, so like we've kind of gone over, I wanted uh, a location where I'd have Santa Maria-style barbecue, uh, very affordable, high quality, and very accessible um, just to, to people that might be passing through town, to locals that want to come out and grab a bite to eat without the trouble of starting up their grill at home. So when I was thinking about that, I was going, okay, do we do we go someplace that's kind of out of the way, get inexpensive rent, and you know create a location where we're going to be marketing to bring people out to us, or do we go someplace that has a high pedestrian volume of place, you know, high foot traffic like downtown San Luis Obispo, and just take a, a tiny slice of a little building and and just put our product out and test the market and see people coming and. And then adjust from there. So it was a walk up in the beginning. It was, yeah. When we opened our doors in uh, in 2012, um, June 26, 2012, a day that lives in infamy in the life <laughs> of Matt Pierce, we uh, we had 340 square feet, and that was just a kitchen, and we had a, a an ordering window and a pickup window outside. How'd the first day go? 
I, I think it was mostly friends and family the first day. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Not, people came by? People came by, yeah. It was mostly those that, that knew I was doing it that were supporting us. Um, it was A lot of the marketing that we've done over the last five and a half years has been grassroots, kind of word-of-mouth marketing, um, going, you know, passing out flyers at Cal Poly, uh, talking to radio talk show hosts, you know, uh, anything we can do to grab a little bit of media attention. Lance, uh, Lance how'd you discover it? it just walking, because my office being downtown, just walking around downtown, and I, it was probably not too long after you opened that I found it, and I thought, okay, barbecue, I'm going to try it. It, You know, I remember um, uh, the Sanders said, oh, this is pretty good. So I thought, okay, I'm going to come back, came back. It was like, oh, this is still pretty good, oh, you know. You. It, it was it was very consistent, very good, uh, like... Um, Craig was saying that the quality of the meat, very good uh, quality of the meat, the the uh, sourdough rolls, everything was real good. So I've just kind of had that on my list. And the nice thing, it's about it's about a six block walk from my office, so I don't feel too bad. Yeah. <laughs> so you walk, you get the appetite, exactly. Then you walk it off. Yeah, and I walk back up to the to the office. So Great plan. It, yeah, it, it's it's a. Uh, um, you know, and I love I love the paquito beans. Um, I try to do them myself because they're so unique to to this area. Hey, what makes them so special? It's uh, actually it's a local crop, so it's something okay. that we can't even get through any of our food providers. We actually have to go down to the farm in Santa Maria and purchase the beans. Um, there's a few farms down there that produce the beans. Uh, we work with Alamo Farms, a great provider, and um, it's a it's it's a small pink bean, um, hence the name pinkito. And uh, it came uh, from, as this is the story that I've been told, it came uh, to Santa Maria uh, by way of uh, Spain through Mexico. And then we were looking, or the farmers Did at the time. Did it come legally? Did it come legally? <laughs> Absolutely legal at the time. Okay. I, I believe that right. California was part of Mexico when it came. Right. <laughs> but that uh, the ranchers were looking for a bean that was going to be durable and easy to farm in the Santa Maria Valley. So they landed on this bean that they pulled up for, through Mexico. And it, uh, it's a little pink bean. Uh, it's smaller, no than a, smaller than a pinto bean. Um, it's it's you cook it. It's tender. Um, it, yeah, it's it's good earthy so, flavor. So, at what point did you realize that maybe just maybe you could pull this off? You opened on June twenty sixth. Uh, I did. So before I actually opened the the brick and mortar restaurant location, I was a civil engineer working for Diablo Canyon, and I. Uh, out at Diablo Canyon, most people work four days a week. So I had every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, go try to figure out um, what I could do to have some fun, be creative, you know, do you know something for myself. I ended up opening a little catering business, uh, catering operation, just on the weekends, um, just to have that creative outlet. Uh, you know, working the nine to five or you know the the six to ten or whatever. But yeah, but with the walk up stand, when did you know that was going to work? I right away. Uh, I, I would like to say that I knew it was going to work before we opened, or I probably wouldn't have opened. Right. And, and that's going back to the catering. In order to produce or to promote the catering that we did, I worked at the Avila Beach Farmers Market and the Grover yeah. Beach Farmers Market with a little pop-up stand. We just took out our Santa Maria-style barbecue and cooked up right. the tri-tip and chicken there. So were people coming from the beginning? People were coming from the beginning. Okay. They were asking where the restaurant was, how can we find more of this, before I opened the restaurant, and then and, once and we were open, we did have a following Then at what point did you open already. the restaurant? Uh, we opened the restaurant in June 26, 2012. Um, well, well, that's the walk-up part. Yes. I mean, the the brand's been around since about 2010, right? And then, the, but the tap room, the expansion. So the yeah, so we're we're uh, from the day we opened, we're in a tiny little place, and we've grown in uh, 
I would say calculated, but still baby steps. Um, we opened a small dining room that was adjacent to our walk-up window that didn't really have any service into the dining room. Uh, and then we, and that was where Tiger Lily uh, used to be, and they moved across the street and opened up that section of the building. So we moved in in two phases. We opened up a dining room without any real service, and then we opened up the, an expanded dining room towards the creek there um, that uh, was seating for about 50, 60 people inside um, and had direct access to the kitchen where we could serve customers inside. Um, just about a year ago, a little bit more than a year ago, uh, we were fortunate to take over the, the rest of the building uh, towards Higuera Street, which is where Rudolph's, also West End Coffee, um, had their coffee shops. Across the street from Leon's. <laughs> Across the street from where <laughs> Leon's used to be as well, yeah. Um, and now uh, we opened our tap room in August of this, or sorry, of 2017. So just about four months ago, um, the tap room, uh, we, uh, we were trying to stay current with the market and trends, and we opened a tap room. It's a self-service tap room where you can come in and pour uh, beer and wine by the ounce. Uh, we have 46 taps. Uh, 38 of those are beers, and eight of those are wines. Was that hard to get a city approval? Not at all, actually. Okay. Yeah, it was very, very easy. Um, I say easy. Easy in the context of a business, right? <laughs> it, uh, um, it was a straightforward process. Um, it, there's requirements for any business, uh, for owning a restaurant, for owning a, or having a beer and wine license. There's requirements. We just stuck to the requirements and got it. Matt Pierce is talking about Old San Luis Barbecue Company. The website is, Matt? OldSanLuisBBQ.com. So what do you make of Splash, not, yeah, Splash and Pluto's and Thomas Hill closing down? You know, I'm, I'm just going to kind of point back to our slow growth model. And, um, you know, we, we, we've grown our location in several phases that have some of it's been a little steps of faith, but we've had, uh, we've had growth since the day we've opened. And it's been that, that high quality product that we're trying to put out, the consistency in the product that we're trying to put out, a high caliber customer service that we're committed to. Um, we're really trying to create a, an exceptional customer experience when they come to the restaurant. Um, so, I would say that there, it's really easy to grow quickly and, uh, and things get a little bit out of control. So in the sense that we've grown slowly, I feel like we've been able to maintain the consistency to our quality and our customer uh, experience. You got t- any take on that, Lance, all these downtown restaurants closing? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because being downtown, it's, um, uh, I, I heard from you, you know, on your show that Pluto schools, I, I mean, I used to walk by it all the time, but here again, I, I never ate there because for me, it wasn't, there wasn't anything that drew me in. Um, you know, I've had Thomas Hill up, up there, but yeah, I, I, I agree with Matt, um, on two things. He's, you know, done it slowly and he's kept it simple. I remember back early in my college days working for Domino's Pizza. At that time, you had two styles, two sizes of pizza and 10 toppings. And that was it. Their, their motto was keep it simple. We know what we do and we do it very well. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of what Matt is. Matt isn't, um, you know, everything. It's like if you want a really good Santa Maria style barbecue experience, that's what you go there for. So what's the number one item on your item? On uh, hands your down, menu? tri-tip, tri-tip, tri-tip. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, but it's actually interesting. when we, We've we only added two menu items to the menu since the day we've opened. Uh, one has been a pulled pork shoulder, and we do that as a, a sandwich, pulled pork sandwich, or as a pit plate. Uh, we call it a pit plate. So basically meat and a couple of sides. Um, and then we added coleslaw, and we did a kind of a California twist on coleslaw. It's an apple cucumber coleslaw with jalapenos. Um, so mm. those are the only two menu items, and they complement each other. That's why I added them together. Um, but it, uh, since the day we opened, uh, Tri-Tip's been the star performer. Uh, chicken, we do a, a linguisa sandwich using a local Catania Brothers uh, linguisa, uh, smoked Portuguese-style pork sausage. And uh, then we just added the, the pork. Uh, and, and, and you're open at 2 a.m. on weekends? 
On Friday and Saturday nights, yeah, we're open until 2 a.m. We do close the dining rooms, um, but we do keep open our, our service windows, the original service windows, where we, we are able to serve our customers outside without opening our dining room to you know possible altercations. Yeah, but you, you're still getting people at 1.30 in the morning? And we're serving them high-quality food. You know, that was one of my uh, kind of driving forces between – or. My driving forces to stay open until 2 a.m. Um, was that we were committed to quality. Like we want people, if they're going to be out late and and they're going to, you know, be out for another meal, we don't want them to eat something that's not going to agree with them. We want them to have something that's you know going to soak up you know some of the the nights yeah, indulgences and then they get to know. come over. Well, they'll know the no next offense. morning, Dave. They'll no know offense. the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, but they're going to come in. They're going to get the same high-quality food that we serve all day long. So, all right. yeah. Lance Parker, Craig Hill, Matt Pierce is here. He is the owner and founder of Old San Luis Barbecue Company. We are enjoying lots of great food. We'll come back for a final segment. This is AM 920, FM 96.5, News Talk, KVEC. Lance, do me a favor. Talk to Matt for a minute. Okay. We, we, were just, we were just talking about desserts because a lot of play, good barbecue places have desserts, and we were just kind of, uh, Matt was explaining, you know, and this is probably why I've never gotten into the restaurant business is because it's it's truly a labor of love and, and you know, talking about desserts. Uh, how hard it would be to get a good quality, consistent dessert. Yeah, and that's day. something that's a challenge ever since the day we opened. And like what we were just talking about, Dave, the fact that we've only added a couple of menu items in the last five and a half years we've been open. Uh, every time I look at doing something, I look at how is this going to impact our current customers? Is this going to make the experience better or worse for our current customers? Is it going to um, is it going to draw enough business to support a new menu item? Is it going to am I going to be able to provide the same quality customer service and high quality product? in a new menu item now that my staff's going to have to be retrained to produce the new menu item and and how is this all going to play into the the big picture and i guess you know based on our last segment the big picture is staying in business right okay. right <laughs> i could add a hundred things to the menu and put myself out of business <laughs> yeah. real real quick yeah I, I like dave trying to signal one thing uh it was funny then the last segment you were talking about the your uh night hours and the weekends and literally seriously this was a happening i had a conversation with my wife about a restaurant uh, everyone remembers ta's mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. you know the burrito place and it was yeah. they just made a killing at night on uh, Friday and Saturday night uh, with college kids because they go out drinking. The need, you need something substantial. You mm-hmm. don't get a salad after drinking. You, you need something with some bulk to it. And that was one of their uh, great, I don't know, ideas in business was let's be up for these bar kids. And this food, especially that slider, I mean, that has got to be uh, a brilliant slider idea because it's bulky, it's big, it's heavy, and it's it's a good value. Yeah, but, and, look, but look how many of these late night restaurants have failed in downtown it, San Luis. It, that, you can't bank your whole business on place one with, concept, um, of course. Of course, funny French fries. Oh, Belfries. Oh, yeah, Belfries. Yeah. Go and shut, shut the door. And then they did the uh, there was the pizza place, Croce's Pizza was there for a while. And then that all night uh, place right downtown. Yeah, Enzo's and Sully's. Boom, 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 boom. No, yeah, those I, are fancy. It's yeah. a tough, it's a tough business. No, the fries were cheap. It, yeah. yeah, it's cheap, but I mean, you got to make all your money selling French fries, right? You know, and I think the the way that we've approached it, where we're going to take the the quality product that we're serving all day long and extend that into the evening hours, we're not, you know. Uh, pigeonholing ourselves into selling French fries, yeah. you know we're going to be there to su- support the market. We're going to be selling sandwiches and sides, um, milkshakes and sodas and stuff all, the, all all night long too. So what's for the next five years, Matt? What's the plan? 
Um, I mean, the, the plan is continued measured growth, and I, I hope that... Well, how the, much more can you grow? <laughs> in the current location, not much. Um, but mm-hmm. what we're looking into is if it makes sense to, to do a, a food truck or a food trailer and being able to go out to some of the events, the wineries, the breweries. Um, if it makes sense to have a second location um, in the north of the South County, uh, does it make sense to... South to, County. South, South County. County. <laughs> South County. <laughs> if it makes sense to open even a commissary that could support you know, food truck or trucks. A commissary. The idea of a centralized kitchen that could support oh. the restaurants. Right now, I'm producing, and we do make everything from scratch in the restaurant, but I'm supporting my restaurant's uh, business, my food sales, through paying a lot of rent to open my kitchen downtown. I could open a kitchen in a, an industrial area that could support the kitchen downtown. Like down here. Like right yeah. down next yeah. to, down to KBC. Yeah. Yeah. With the yeah. smell, there you go. <laughs> but that, that I could use that then to, to leverage and grow the business, um, either multiple locations or providing uh, support to the tr- trucks and trailers. How about I franchising? to do that. Um, franchising has always been on my radar, but mm-hmm. it's really something that's more of like a 10 or 15 year plan uh, from where we are today. How do you get away with the barbecuing downtown? I would think the city would be all over you for the uh, smoke, you know, wafting through the area. Yeah, I mean, we weren't the first barbecue downtown. You know, you gotta you gotta keep this in perspective. Yeah, we Thursday were probably nights. like the sixth barbecue yeah. downtown um, yeah. when you're when you're counting Moe's and McClintock's and, and Firestone. This downtown. And you used to have old the old country deli, uh, old Norm country Ham- deli, Norm yeah, Hammond. Uh, exactly, and yeah. so. It was nothing new that we were trying to do, um, and very similar to our conversation about how did we get our beer and wine and the, the open the tap room downtown. Wasn't that challenging? Well, yeah, but it was only as challenging as it was for everyone else that's ever done it. And all we had to do was jump through the hoops and, and open up. So it, it's, not, it's not an uncalculated risk uh, you know, when we look at how we're going to grow and expand but, uh, and even open up. But it's something that you can look, and this comes back to my even analytical engineering mind, how do you take and you solve that problem? Right? How, do you, how do you open up a restaurant in downtown? How do you maintain the quality, the consistency? How do you have the employees? How do you manage customer relations? How, how do you make it sound easy? <laughs> it's by no means easy. And yeah. it's also it's something that it's not for the faint of heart. I mean, you have to be committed. And I mean, almost in, in like a, an insane sense, you have to be committed to the idea. You, there's no turning back. You know, you burn the ships and you're, you're moving forward. Um, I never I have a lot of that don't quit attitude in me. Right? I get that from my grandfather from Texas. And he's, you know, if you start something, you finish it. Craig, can you see the table? I mean, the table with all the meat and the beans and stuff. Is pretty much shattered. Salad, rarely been touched. <laughs> Salad's good. I, we got a great salad. You know, no, I'm don't sure knock the salad, Dave. We got great reviews on the salad. No, no, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not commenting on the salad. <laughs> it's just that the crew all went for the meat. Yeah, yeah that's why it's, a, that's it's a, a. I mean, that's the start of the show. Barbecue you know, restaurant, not a salad joint. Exactly, and the salad, exactly. hey, you got some, you got something extra for other people, but uh, what, what, uh, you know, that's the star of the show. What's in the salad? Is the tri-tip. What's this, in the salad? The salad. It's a bed of sweet mixed greens. We've got fresh cut uh, strawberries, candy pecans, dried cherries, gorgonzola cheese. Uh, we have a blush wine vinaigrette dressing that we make. It really has a lot of big bright flavors that do pair very well. That gorgonzola. Barbecue. Like you didn't sell me until you said gorgonzola cheese. Gorgonzola cheese. And now I'm gonna try, you it, try it. Not a lot of people. Uh, uh, it's got, do it's got everything. It's got sweet. It's got salty. It's you know. It's got savory. It's, it's everything about it. Uh, I was just and wondering. It works really well. On the tri tip itself, what's your turnaround time from putting it on the grill to taking it off? How long? Do That's you have a great it? question. Actually, a lot of people think it takes a long time we were cooking for about 35 to 45 minutes right, that's, that's what i'm doing and i was just kind of comparing yours what do uh, people normally do that you get anywhere up to two hours you know if but, you're trying to smoke it you know do something more like a texas style and people get their pellet smokers out and stuff and they'll cook it all afternoon but no really in san maria style you cook it hot you cook it quick weren't you the guy who's using barbecue and beer 
Wasn't it no, but but you know it's interesting because I'll take my tri tips. Like I'm going to cook uh, four tri tips this weekend, um, and I'm going to smoke them. But I only smoke them to about 105 degrees internal temperature. Take them off, let them rest for an hour, and then I'm going to put them on a really hot grill and finish them off because I like that charred outside edge, and you can't get that in a smoker because you'll you're going to cook it too long because you want it rare. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want that oak smoked flavor yeah. of the smoker, and that's where I where I take it, let it rest for like I said about an hour, and then finish it off maybe about ten minutes on a on about a 550, 600 degree grill, and just yeah, sear. kind of that rever- reverse sear. It's the reverse sear. Yeah, it's basically definitely. the reverse sear, uh, and that's how I really like to do do the do the tri tips. Right. One of our tricks to cook in the tri tip too, if I could just put this out there. Sure. Uh, we we buy un, untrimmed tri-tip and we trim everything by hand in house. So we're when we cut the uh, the connective tissues off all the silver skin, and you guys know what I'm talking about. We leave about a quarter inch of fat on the fat cap on the backside. As we cook our tri-tip, we season it, and then we as we cook our tri-tip, that fat melts on the grill and it starts basting that tri-tip in this delicious rendered fat of the tri-tip. And it's something it creates that crust on the outside that you're talking yeah. about, yeah. and it traps the smoke. The fat really so- soaks up the smoke, and it gives it that flavor that just is hard to do any other method or technique. We've got you know authentic Santa Maria style barbecue cooking over a Santa Maria style grill with red oak in the pit. Sounds like to me, Matt, you're doing the job you're supposed to be doing. I I love it. I wake up excited every day. Dave. Barbecue engineer. Well, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, everybody has to find their passion sooner or later. I think it's kind of cool. Thank you. Yeah. Lance, anything else you want to say? You know what? I, if if you're looking for a good Santa Maria style barbecue experience, go go check out Matt's place uh, down there. You will you will not be disappointed. I just want a real quick day before sure. we move on because it's been mentioned several times how delicious the bread is. Yeah. I want to give a big shout out to Brian's Bread up in uh, Tascadero. Amazing! They bread. do an awesome job. Incredible local sourdough, uh, awesome French rolls, um, and then one more out to Edna's Bakery out by the airport here in San Luis Obispo. They provide us with our brioche and our ciabatta breads. Uh, just outstanding local bakers that are helping me stay in business. Craig, anything else you want to say? I was going to say the trick in uh, Tri Tip is to get the that uh, that smoky flavor. But in a short cook time, like 45 minutes, it's hard to get that bark, uh, that smoky bark in there in that short amount of time. And that's really the trick. And that's what you guys had. Yeah, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. All very good. Uh, so, again, the location of uh, old San Luis Barbecue Company is? Yeah, we're located downtown San Luis Obispo at 670 Higuera Street. Hours? Hours are 10 a.m. to, I'm sorry, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m., seven days a week, except for Friday and Saturday. We are open till 2 a.m. out the front window. Uh, Lance, final thoughts? You, you know, like I said, if you want a good Santa Maria-style barbecue experience, go check out Matt's place. Um, you will not be disappointed. The sides are, are authentic Santa Maria-style uh, sides. The tri-tip is incredible. I'll bring Peggy Coteen next week. Uh, Matt, yeah. nice to see you. <laughs> nice Thanks for bringing you. Thanks all for the having food. Me. Final thoughts? Um, support local. You know, go out there, support the culture of the Central Coast, support the businesses that uh, help support the culture. Yeah, well said. Because you manage all these other businesses that you're supporting. I couldn't do without them. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Thank you, sir. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Off we go. We've got uh, news, traffic, and weather. The 4 o'clock hour of Hometown Radio begins now. You're listening to The Dave Congleton Show on AM 920, FM 96.5, News Talk, KVEC.
the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 0111 911.